Hello and welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I'm Adrian. Last time, well not even last time, this is going back to episode 3, I had Justin Corbett of the Comical Podcast on the show, so we're chit-chatting about comics and whatnot, as, as you do. But his co-host, who we actually spent the last half of the show talking about, Miguel, a.k.a. Lord Horstocles, we kind of got into a little bit of the backstory as to how the name got started. But who better to tell the legend than the man himself? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Miguel Garza. Miguel. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Uh, not much. Congratulations, by the way, for making me one of your stops on the, what is it, the Shovel My Shit Tour? That's right. Hashtag Shovel My Shit Tour 2015. Okay, so I don't even know where to start. Should I... Ex- you know, ask you about the actual tour itself or Lord Horstic, please, because I feel like one isn't going to make sense without the other. All right, I'll give you a little bit more backstory on Lord Horstic, please. I heard uh, Justin uh, talk about me on that episode he was on with you. Uh, basically, uh, him and my wife uh, saw me. They both see me going down the stairs. I don't know what that says about him looking at my ass going down the stairs. But uh, so I tend to walk kind of funny going down the stairs because I've been in major automobile accidents. So it's a legitimate injury here, you know. So him and my wife, both comedians, like, why are you taking steps like that? You look, you're taking a horse step. What are you, what are you doing? It's kind of like the left leg goes down normal. And if you've ever been in marching band, you know what a high step is? Yeah. Well, well I've that, never been in a marching band, but I do know the high step. Well, that's what my right leg does. Don't ask. It's like well, a high step. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hear you. It's like a high step, and then it turns in. Like, so my right leg goes, and it turns in facing toward the left. It's really weird. But uh, so I started doing that, and so they started calling me horse steps. And then he started, and my wife's like, oh, horse steps is funny. So they both started calling me that. And then one day, I was talking about all my followers on Twitter. I said, you know what? I'm calling these people horse step minions. And then Justin's like, horse step minions? This is kind of stupid. So later that night, uh, the next day, I was watching uh, Troy. And Brad Pitt's character had talked about uh, Patroclus or whatever, and I just started... And I heard somebody say some sleaze. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Start thinking, horse sleaze sounds really cool. So I went with Horstocles, and then I decided, you know, I have to be regal like Darth Vader. So in came the Lord Horstocles. And so that's how I started him off. And he was supposed to be some regal, shiny white horse, pretty badass. Well, as you know, Justin and my wife, all of a sudden there's different variations. So now I have multiple personalities. I have Horstocles, who apparently is a porn store owner. I have Horstocles, who apparently is a gay unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> And I can't even remember any. There's so many. They just get made up as we go. Um, so that's how uh, Lord Horsecles came to. And, you know, I don't even know why I did it, to be honest. I, just, I guess I was trying to own the, uh, the teasing they were giving me, try to make it something my own. And, and it just took off on its own. But that's the remarkable part because you took something that's pretty much a really ridiculous, over-the-top joke, and now it's almost become your brand. Like, a lot of times when talking to you, like, let's say on Twitter, rarely do I actually call you by your given name, which is Miguel. Like, it's usually, like, LH or in Lord Horstocles, and in a way, it almost fits better. (laughs) Is that bad? Is that bad that it actually fits better than your actual birth name? Well, it's funny you mentioned that, because when Chris Ryder, the gentleman minion number one who does our Horse Minions comic, sends it out, and I'm showing my wife where I'm laughing. I check it out what I'm doing. So I refer to myself as Lord Horsticles now, too. So that's kind of messed up. My wife goes, you're not the character, but that's who it's – it's based off of me, woman. That's me. Let me live this, please. So it's really cool. So, yeah, I, it does happen. It, I do get my identities confused a little bit here and there. Oh, so, my God. Has that ever come up at, at work where one day you're just kind of like signing paperwork and it's like, L.H.? Who's L.H.? Um... No, it hasn't happened yet, but that's 
Actually, I take that back. I was writing. I was about to write my name on a form that I was going to fax to the government, and I started with an L. Like, what the hell, L? <laughs> so I had to like print out another one and type my write my real name on it. So it came close. I almost actually started writing Lord Horseclays. So the good thing is, I also do Merman, and uh, I do a bunch of other stupid characters, whatever comes to my mind, and I think it's halfway decent. I run it by Justin first if he thinks it's kind of funny, and then if he likes it, I go with it, or I just spring something on him. Like the one day I did Mickey Mouse and. He was like laughing at me, and then the guys from California thought it was like the funniest thing in the world. And I did, you know, Curly from the Stooges. So we we do voices. So it kind of helps me not become Lord Horsicles or Lord Horsesleys, or excuse me, Horsesleys. Period. But at the end of the day, I really feel like at this point, the, you know, starting with the comic, you're gonna have to do either some sort of like animated or some other project because you know what? Given all the voices and the character, you know, I, I feel like you're slowly but surely starting your own thing, and hopefully, it actually ends up blowing up because it's it's too crazy not to. Oh, thanks a lot. I appreciate the nice comments. But uh, funny you mention that uh, Justin and Chris Ryder again are thinking of taking this comic book. I mean, these comics that are run every week. And turning it into a book eventually and possibly selling it at uh, one of the cons that we'll be going at, like to help us for shirts and whatnot, uh, and going from there. As for it being anything else, the show, that that's interesting. I'd have never even thought anyone would ever think about that. <laughs> I don't think I'm that talented to do it. Again, I have to give props to my co-worker, co-worker co-host and co-worker. I'm not as funny without him. Uh, with him, I think I'm a lot funnier. I, I can't survive. I would not be able to do a standalone show like he does right now. He does the JIC pod on its own, and I think it's really hilarious. But he brings out the best of me when we do this show. So I have to give him mad props for that. But that's the great thing about Comical Podcast. Like I said, the Justin, the two of you have a really great chemistry. And there's one thing I will say I do miss about my other show is sort of the like the in-jokes that you get into or like the dumb things that you laugh at, which normally I'm like, um, what was the episode we had talked about? It was your anniversary episode where, you know, you had issues uh, describing, you know, pronouncing some of the people's names. And I shouldn't have laughed and I felt so horrible about it. But I'm like, fuck, this is really funny. Oh, yeah, when we call the guy semen and all this stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah. Wait until you hear what we were laughing about tonight. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, man, who'd you have on tonight? Hey, guys, this is uh, Justin, by the way. I'm, I'm oh, wishing you in on this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, Miguel's so good at voices. He sounds just like his ghost. That'd be awesome. Now, we just finished recording our show before you came on, uh, or before Miguel went on your show. So uh, we, we had some interesting, funny stories tonight. We were laughing at stuff that really is not that funny, but uh, was funny in the moment. You'll have to listen to our next one to see what we're talking about. But it's kind of the whole core of your show. And Miguel, by the way, I'm still like dying because every time I now go into a public restroom, I'm afraid because I'm trying to like think back in my head to your uh, commandments for the bathroom. That's right. <laughs> I've broken at least five of those already, and it's just I'm not going to tell you which five. What? <laughs> Please tell me you're not a looker. <laughs> <laughs> You're not texting there. You're not reading. Oh wait a minute! No, wait, wait, that's wait, wait. exactly it. The texting and reading are definitely out there. Your legs better not be flailing. <laughs> you better not be doing that one. I better not hear. <laughs> I don't make a lot of noise. In a lot of ways, I actually I'm nervous <laughs> with that because I'm telling myself, you know what? Anytime, like I don't even go into a bathroom where there's another person. I usually wait till it's empty, or I'll go into like a secluded area where I figure no one's gonna walk in on me. Because, well, let's be honest. Some days it's like hell. I understand. At least, if you're going, I'll give you a pass if you go in the middle once, but don't do it no more than once. <laughs> you got to do like I go. You go in there and there's three stalls. You go in the far right one and you shut the door to the middle. So then the guy, oh, there's only one stall. So he goes in the other one by, you know, 
Unless you got that that bastard that we have that actually looks and see if there's freedom in there and he goes in. Moses Cleese has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> you see? Names is getting made up. <laughs> well, see, you know what, though? I'm sorry. You had to, I'm not saying you have to dip your head underneath the stall to figure it out. I'm going to stomp on your head. If you stick your head in there, I'm going to stomp on you. <laughs> or I'm going to piss no, on you. No, but you have to kind of look down because otherwise there are people, and this has happened, who don't lock the stall door. So if you're running in, you got to go, and you just like barge in. Someone's behind there. It's a terrible thing to have to deal with. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you meant like looking your head underneath the stall to see if there's anybody in there. I get what you're saying. No, I'm looking from a distance. Getting on the floor. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey, I was once in the stall, and a guy came in. I'm like, whoa, occupied. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is your policy? I don't know if we had talked about it. What is your policy about like handicapped stalls? Oh, that's the one I use. See, that's it, the one I use, too, and I feel bad about that. Well, it's bigger. It's more roomier. It's usually at the end, so it has a better a separation from the one next to you. Even though someone does go into the next one, you still have a little bit more separation. But uh, I don't mind the other ones. I, I try, you know, we don't have that many handicaps that work. Well, we have some handicapped people, um, some in the head, but some really legitimately injured. But they're not on our floor. So on my floor, it's cool. But now, if you're in a building and that's all there is, like you're in a building for handicapped people and you go into a handicapped stall, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm a pretty big guy. And I, sometimes there's some stalls. I guess these are made before fat people existed because it's a struggle to have to turn in some of them because it's like a broom closet. No, I understand. That's the same thing with our middle stalls downstairs or whatever. You can't really... Uh, it's kind of hard to, you know, when you're getting up or you're trying to move or you're getting your jacket or whatever you got to go. So I understand 100%. Yeah. So I use the big stall. Because you're Our- a big horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're going to do all night? Just chime in one-liners all night long? <laughs> I was going to say, please do, because it is the greatest comedic device ever. Of course. Nice. So as I was talking to Justin, and the one thing I do love when I'm talking to, especially fellow podcasters, because obviously you guys talk comics all the time, but... I'm always interested to figure out where it started in terms of, you know, my guess. So, to go, where did it start for you as far as comics? Like, what was your first big introduction into this horrific, shameful vice that we call comic book collecting or reading? Oh, wow. Uh, man, I was a young kid, and it was just by accident a Spider-Man book caught my attention. Uh, and I started reading a little bit, but then I stopped. I didn't really pick up again until after I was in the military. Uh, and that's when the Spider-Man books, yet again, and I was picking up everything, Spectacular, Amazing, Spider-Man, and the web of Spider-Man. And that's what got me all back into it. And Spider-Man, it was all about Spider-Man. X-Men didn't exist to me. No one else existed to me. It was all about Spider-Man. And I started branching out the stupid titles like Morbius and uh, and whatnot. And then, of course, Image started coming out and Spawn and Shadowhawk and whatnot. And I kind of stopped a little bit. And then uh, I, I unnerded myself, I guess. And then I went to work uh, where I work at now. And then funny thing is, Justin and myself, we really didn't like each other at the beginning, believe it or not. We didn't get, we didn't get along at all. We had different type of person. Really? I, I, never, I honestly can say I never would have guessed that. Well, I was in a dark time at that time in my life when uh, he started working there. Uh, he's gonna he was in. always threatening to burn down the building and what come the hell? and shoot everybody. <laughs> 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 I was an angry person. had a lot of passion. But uh, So, yeah, I was having a tough time. And we both, another guy came to work there and we became good friends with him and both of us did. And uh, through him, I actually wound up talking more to Justin, believe it or not. Uh, I just thought he was just a, a punk, you know, just a young punk. 
<laughs> and uh, I know he thought horrible things. Here he comes. Wait a minute. What about me? Screams punk. <laughs> the way you acted. <laughs> I don't think he means like you know spiky hair, you know studded vest kind of punk. I, granted, that is an awesome look though. <laughs> And I, w- I wasn't that young. I mean, I was already like 27. You were younger than me. <laughs> well, I can't help you but you're an old man. Than you? <laughs> I said my ways. And uh, so anyway, so we started talking more and we started finding out that we both like comics. And it was in that that he got he piqued my interest in. And so we went to the comic book store and we got comics. And then he said, no, we just started reading and we started going together to get the comic books and other people would hang out with us and whatnot. And then that's how he actually... I mean, the guy at the comic book store, uh, Chuck, actually showed me. He got me back in with Green Lantern, believe it or not. And then it went from there. And then Justin said, hey, well, read this, read this, read this. And so Justin introduced me to a lot more image titles. So as a kid, again, Spider-Man, I left, walked away. And then as an adult in the military, Spider-Man pulled me back in. And I broke away again. And then Justin brought me back in. And I've been in since, since then. Um, and that's how this whole thing started. Our friendship grew from comics and... He's my best friend. Uh, no qualms about it, hands down. Hello, you man. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, he's a great guy. See, now, for, on your end, it sounds like, you know, obviously, that's comics are how you guys bonded. But to me, it seems like someone who was deliberately trying to break out of the habit and then finding somebody to come fortune keeps pulling you back in. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's a comic dealer. <laughs> <laughs> It's like first issue Spider Man's free. Next one's gonna cost you exactly one hundred seventy seven dollars later. <laughs> yeah, um, let's not even get into you know how much comics cost because I had to drop dramatically and that was that was hard. I don't know if you've ever had the issue where having to drop a lot of stuff off your pull list and that weird withdrawal you go through when it happens. Oh yeah, I, I, I I'll be honest with you right now. Justin buys a ton of books every week. He may spend an average of 125 to 150 That's no lie. That's between books that he buys and trades and whatnot and statues or whatever. But he predominantly gets a lot of comics. If you see his Twitter posts, you see the amount of books he buys. I buy, at some point in time, I was buying maybe $70. 12 bucks. Shut up. $70 to eight. I knew it was coming in. $70, $80 a time. But because I was having a tough time as, you know, we're both married, but I have children and everything else. Uh, and so I had to pull back. And it really does suck because I dropped a bunch of books that I still do love reading, and I've even had to sell some. Um, and so Justin still has them, so I read them from him. But I feel really bad at times. Like this past week, I spent like forty bucks, and you know it, I feel bad because there's so many books out there that I really would like to still be collecting. But at the other other thing is, I don't have enough room in my house to where to store these things. Where he has a closet full and he's still got room to go. I'm my house is a little bit smaller, and with kids and everything, and the dogs that I have, I have no place to really put them. I'm going to have to start renting a storage shed here pretty soon. Get rid of the kids. The comics are more important. Right? <laughs> They're out there in your living room right now. <laughs> Wait, the comics or the kids? No, the kids. Oh. <laughs> the kids love coming here. Oh, that's the other thing. Everybody, we all get along. Justin, myself, my wife, my kids, we all hang out. We do Christmas and Thanksgiving together and uh, whatnot. And the kids think he's a great guy. And, of course, Justin plays a lot of practical jokes, and the kids like being in on him, so... So I'm the butt of all those jokes. So of course now, now explaining that now I really know why your other persona has been such a like huge thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to break away from this guy <laughs> <laughs> who's right there. It's like can't even have like a side conversation because he hears everything. You know you can't quit me. Oh God, <laughs> I quit you every day. <laughs> <laughs> Until the keys are bringing it back. Apparently, he's already told you he didn't want to read comics anymore. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's something else. Holy shit. So, huge confession here. I, not that I'm not a huge fan, but I never really continuously read a Spider-Man comic unless it was, like, a big deal. So, I really don't know much about, like, some of the, I guess, the smaller issues because... I just it just never was a big thing, which is funny. When you said the X Men barely existed to you, that physically hurt me a little bit. Me too. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I was not. I guess maybe sheltered a little bit. I grew up in a poor, poor family, so if I got a comic book, it was very rare. I mean, I was never told. I was always. I was told that uh, you can have one thing, and don't ask for anything else, or there's no money. So I understood that. I mean, so Spider-Man just seemed to be the first thing that jumped out at me. So I didn't have the opportunity to to get other books. Now, when I was in the military, again, limited income again. You know, they don't pay that much when you're in the military. So I'd say most of them, I mean, granted, you have housing, food, and everything else, but I was sending my money home to pay the bills that I still had when I went in. Right. So I could only buy certain things. So, again, that's why I stuck with Spider-Man. Now, ugh, I get it all. <laughs> <laughs> There's some X Men titles now that I love reading. Like X Factor just ended. It was like a really great title. Uh, all I'm X- really depressed about that book ending. Like I'm almost angry about it. Yeah, I know Justin is too. That was one of his favorites. Um, I like all new X Men. Uh, I love Magneto. Magneto is now my favorite, probably my favorite X Men of all time. Uh, I love Magneto. Holy I love shit, that. I love that he's evil amazing. now. I mean, the way he is now, and that's badass to me. Um, I mean, thanks to Justin, I've been introduced to new characters i mean moon knight hell i never knew a damn thing about moon knight and now i love moon knight i'm like man this guy's freaking awesome moon knight was one of those guys who's been around for ages and trying to describe him because i had this issue like um this is going back in grade school trying to tell people about moon knight i was like what the hell is a moon knight so you describe him it's like so he's like batman's like no he's not like batman it's just <laughs> he's the hero batman wishes he could be come on man <laughs> Now you're going to step on some toes. <laughs> I'm just Uh-oh, playing. That- I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, Moon Knight is pretty awesome, though. That was That's a really obscure one. Holy shit, who's the other guy? Um, you mentioned Morbius, and I will say hats off. I don't know anybody who reads Morbius. Yeah, I told you I was an idiot. <laughs> I, read, I, even, I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. It was all Marvel for me, and this is funny because it was Silver Surfer, uh, Fantastic Four, crazy crap like that. And then, out of the blue... Batman, which, you know, I always liked Batman, but just really couldn't get into it. And then Harley. And that was it. That was it. Spider-Man was now second to Harley. And then he became second to the Joker. And third to the Joker, whatever. And so now it's like my top three are Harley, Joker, and Batman. And Batman and Joker flip-flop. The Joker moved back up to number two since this previous arc that's going on right now. Holy crap. (laughs) All right, so help me out here. I've heard, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about this arc. So, what exactly is happening with Batman right now? The Joker has released his uh, laughing gas serum out there, but it's a lot more volatile. The Batman can't stop it because the Joker wound up using some of his spinal fluid, and now basically you're starting to believe that the Joker might be immortal. That he was living because Batman is finding all kinds of pictures of him from the past, like old, old Gotham, like before the Court of Owls. At one point, Batman went to the Court of Owls to ask for assistance. I mean, he's gotten that crazy. Wow, he's actually now, the one, I will say that was the last Batman story arc I read, and that was the first one I picked up in a long time. Court of the Owls is pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, Justin loved the Court of the Owls. He was reading uh, the Owl book, uh, Talon. Talon, yeah, he loves Talon. 
and Talon, uh, as Justin's revealed on our show, is going to be part of the news Suicide Squad, but we don't know which one. We don't know who's going to be. We're hoping it's Calvin Rose, but we don't know who it's going to be. But I didn't give this Batman any, I mean, this Batman arc any justice. I mean, Justin could tell you, I mean, he's like all enthusiastic. It's like when it comes out, that's the first book he reads, and that's rare for him because he'll usually start with Marvel, then work his way to Image or DC, then Image. So he goes in, in order. But here lately, that's been his top book, and by all means, that's been good reason to read. I mean, it's been just amazing. Well, I'll chime in a bit. Um, Death of the Family was the last big Joker Batman arc. And in that arc, Joker was trying to prove the Batman that they were two sides of the same coin. They were destined to play the game forever. And it was all because they loved each other and they were friends, uh, despite being enemies. And Batman wouldn't play by Joker's rules. He refused to do it. And it really pissed Joker off to a level he hasn't been at before. And when Joker got away, he realized that Batman was completely incorruptible. He was never going to be able to get him to do what he wanted him to do. So the game is over for Joker. He's not playing around anymore. So Batman Endgame is all about Joker coming back to Gotham with a vengeance. He comes up with this elaborate plan to just completely destroy everything that Bruce Wayne and Batman have built. And so far, nothing has, has even been a speed bump for him. Everything Batman's thrown at him, he's just brushed off like it's nothing. And, I mean, all of Batman's gadgets and caches are destroyed. Joker's made it into the Batcave and stolen all of Batman's stuff. Uh, he... Mutilate, yeah. He mutilated our, uh, uh, Alfred. Alfred, he cut it, one of his hands off. Um, what? Yeah. He is not playing around anymore. And like Miguel said, uh, Batman's been talking to the people that, through his detective work, he's figured out helps Joker to make the current serum that's out there. And he's come to realize that the Joker might actually be immortal, uh, which is a really cool and interesting origin story compared to what you know the more recent ones have been, that he was the Red Hood or that uh, you know he was the comedian or whatever. So it's just a new new possible origin for the Joker, but even if that ends up not being true, the devastation he's caused for Batman is just incredible. Yeah, he's been a step ahead of him the entire time, and it's just like, wow. So this whole time, instead of Batman, instead of it being a case of Batman refuses to kill him, now it's a matter of Batman can't kill him. Is that, yeah. I guess that's what you're telling me? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be able to, even if he wanted to. Uh, and I think he's going to push Batman... I mean, this, this, what's, we've got one issue left. I think he's going to push him almost to the point I think Batman may think about it. But, I mean, at one, right now, he is so overwhelmed, he had to form an alliance with his enemies. Batman has a Scarecrow, uh, Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, I can't remember who, Bane, or whatever, and Killer Croc, Clayfoot, whoever they are. They teamed up with him, and they're doing a full frontal attack on the Joker because the Joker stole everything from the Batcave. He's having a big freaking parade like the freaking Batman movie. And so That's crazy. They're all attacking him from the front, and the Joker knows. And he's laughing about it. He's like, bring it on. Like, I know what you need. You got to get my spine fluid, and you're not going to get it. So it's just like, it's, I, I don't know what, I don't have the words. I'm just saying, Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder, I believe, just awesome. Just straight up awesome. Now, are they, I guess, is this like their last arc? Because, I mean, I've heard some rumblings that they might be moving on. So is this kind of like their sort of, I guess, end all? It's their last, sort of- jo- it's their last Joker story that they're going to tell. Um, it was intended to be their last arc, but when they were writing it, uh, Capullo. Well, uh, Scott Snyder said to Capullo, I think I have one more story. Let's pitch it to DC and see if they'll let us do it. So DC said, oh, yeah, whatever they have planned after this one's supposed to be amazing. But they have one more six-issue arc planned after Endgame, and then that's supposed to be the end of their run. This kind of reminds me of um, the Wolverine and Sabretooth thing where there was – I can't remember who the writer of that book was – where they were, I guess, presupposing – 
that Wolverine and Sabretooth were actually, like, I guess a part of this long-standing tribe that have always been at war. Something weird like that. I can't remember half of that book, but it was just, wow. I, yeah, I don't know much about that one. <laughs> you know, do I, when I brought it up, I'm like, oh, shit, I don't think anyone actually even read that. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was looking at my X-Man person over there to see if he knew that, but he looked a little stumped, too. The, the only thing that even kind of sounds like is Wolverine Origins, like the first story, but... That wasn't really... I mean, that was all about them growing up together and going through, like, Vietnam and World War II and that kind of stuff. Right, but I could have sworn this... There was I, I can't remember who wrote it now. Hopefully someone who's listening will be able to help me out. But I could have sworn it was something like where they were saying that the two of them have fought, but I guess they were, like, in a long line of people, either, like, in some sort of tribe or group that have done the same thing before them. I guess that was kind of the writer's way of explaining why this fight has lasted as long as it has. That the rivalry is, like, you know, spanning generations as opposed to just being two guys who don't like each other. Well, there was always speculation about Wolverine's past before he actually got his memories back. Um, All the way in the original X-Men... I mean, from the point Wolverine entered the X-Men canon until... Professor Xavier finally helped him gain his memories. Uh, there was always a question about where he came from, who he really was, and he had a lot of false memories implanted from Weapon X, so it could have just been one of those storylines. Those hmm. bastards. <laughs> yeah, so many things got red combo over, and especially with Batman and the Joker, every time I feel like I got a handle on what's going on, even if I'm reading it on Wikipedia, something weird goes on. And I don't know if I really kind of agree with this whole Joker being immortal thing, because I guess it explains a lot and it's able to reason away why this has gone on as long as it has. But I don't know. I was just kind of like the idea that he was just like, I don't know, some crazy hobo that laughed and killed people. Yeah. Well, we still don't know if this is the end game, but you know, him being immortal, I mean, it could have just been a big old hoax, but but I tell you, he is more vicious. And he's- Unless it's one of those, like, Ra's Ghoul, like, Lazarus Chamber kind of deals. Yeah, I just don't know if the Joker would have access to anything like that. But, uh, he, hell, he went and got, he got facial reconstruction surgery and did everything and wound up working at Arkham and befriended Batman. And Batman never knew it was him. And then he tricked Batman in, in, into going to Arkham, and that's where he trapped him the first time, and then revealed who he was. <laughs> that just tells you how sinister he went. To get this, to get it done. Right, I guess it's my my fear or concern is that he's so brilliant, it almost kind of becomes, you know, there's an issue where, like, a character, hero, or villain becomes almost too powerful, they're almost boring to write. Yeah. Kind of like back in the day when, like, Magneto, he was, like, you know, pretty much untouchable up until Xavier turned him into a vegetable. Yeah. So then, like, I guess years later, you know, he got his powers back and so on and so forth. But getting back to a solo book where his powers are lessened, he's older, he's a lot, you know, more tired. But yet, you know, his anger towards, you know, those, you know, anti-human, um, anti-mutant resentment, like, it pretty much just fuels him. Like, he's going balls out with almost nothing left in the tank. And see, to me, having something of a weakness... Not even a major one, but I always felt like it made a character more interesting. Once you start throwing in things where a character can't be killed, I feel like it's something of a cop-out. But personally, that's just me. Nah, I understand what you're saying. I still think Batman, obviously Batman's going to win. It may cost him something, but he's going to win. He'll find a way to beat the Joker. He'll find the weakness. He always does. I mean, he's got new ally. He's got a new ally, Bluebird, and uh, a few other people in there now. And he's got uh, Alfred's daughter helping him out now. She's Penny number two, so I don't know. But he's going to win. You know Batman's going to win. 
Yeah, I was going to say, how many Robins has he gone through in the meantime? Well, they're all there right now. Everyone was back. Almost everyone was back. Todd is oh, back. Really? Wearing, Todd is wearing the hood. I mean, you got Nightwing out there. You got Red Robin running around, and you got uh, well, Grayson was dead. Not Grayson. Excuse me. Uh, Damien was dead, but he's back. Re- oh, really? Yeah. They so, him back already? Did he just die? Yeah, Robins don't stay dead. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that was a pretty badass story. Batman had to go to Apocalypse to go get whatever was needed to go get his body back. It was really crazy. <laughs> I'm surprised anyone even wanted him back because I didn't think he was that popular with fans. I don't know, <laughs> but it's funny that uh, one of our one of our listeners, one of our minions, uh, <laughs> describes Batman as Bat God. <laughs> he can't stand him because he's become Bat God. <laughs> well, I I guess so, but I mean. I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna get so much hate for this, but Batman at the end of the day, say what you will about Superman, the Green Lantern, or even Green Arrow, Batman I think really is the heart and soul of the DC universe. So no matter what, I'm sure the company will always make sure there's a way that Batman will stick around. Yeah, by the head shaking here, they agree with you on that one. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah screw Aquaman, that freaking pansy. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. <laughs> Right. Well, well he's not really pants anymore. He's going to be um, Aqua Drogo, so... It doesn't matter. He's still a wuss. Merman will still kick him. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, Namor the Submariner could probably kick his ass. Oh, I don't like that guy either. <laughs> well, see, the, well, see, that's the thing. You're not supposed to like Namor. He's a total asshole. Namor is a badass, though. Namor is a, an asshole and a badass. Yeah, cause he would just crush Aquaman in the fight. If, if you're reading Avengers World right now, holy crap. Yeah, it's nuts. Holy shit. So, um... Going back to what we briefly mentioned at the top of the show, shovel my shit, Tor. Oh, yeah, man. We went on a long tangent there, didn't we? Wow, that was an holy shit. I, I wanted to ask you about the show. Then we got going with the comics. I'm like, you know what? Let's not break this flow. We're having fun with this. Okay, well, I can. this is easy. Um, we've been doing this podcast, comic podcast, for a while now, over a year, and enjoying it. And my co-host decided he had a lot more to say. <clears throat> So he started the JIC, which is the Just In Case Pod, where he goes in there and he talks about whatever he wants to. And he even rants. He talks about his podcasts, which is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, and he's like, well, maybe you should do your own show, too. You should go test it out and say, okay. So I got my cell phone, and I was in the car going to pick up one of the boys from baseball, and I start talking. And I go, la, 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 la. Like, damn, that was good. How long was that? That's about at least 10 minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> Two minutes? What the hell? So I was like, okay, I don't think I can do this crap. I came back and told him, hey, man, it's good, but again, compliments to him. I don't know if I could do this without you there. I'm so used to having you there. I mean, he's not my crutch, but, you know, well, he is. <laughs> so I know you can't quit me. <laughs> so I don't know. I didn't think I could do it. So I said, you know what? And the reason he's doing JIC is, number one, he wanted to talk about his stuff, but he was going to use that to also help us, help Comical. You know, he was going to promote us through that podcast and vice versa. And I said, it's a good idea. There's got to be a way I can do this. You know what? I'll do a tour. I'll go on other people's podcasts like we've, we've done. We've gone on a few others together, and he's gone and done a few others by himself because, sadly, I had family issues or whatever. I just didn't want to go on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's like, I, I don't I could, care I, that much. Yeah, I couldn't make it, but uh, legitimate reasons why I couldn't make it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go on there and do my own podcast, and I'm just going to go out there and just start talking all kinds of shit. And so, you know what? That's what I'm going to call it. Hashtag Shovel My Shit Tour 2015. Your facts are a little wrong. Okay, go ahead and break it down. I know you. I was looking at your face. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So, 
you decided you wanted to go into other people's podcast because that meant no work for you. Well, I was going to get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> that was the other thing. I can't edit. Man, I you can't throw him out like that. Yeah, he's going to do that. I can't edit for it. To, I can't do any of that stuff. I can't do the website. I'm, I'm too cheap to buy the website. I'm the one that came up with the name. Did you? I can't yeah. remember. How was it? Because uh, that week, the Horsemanian's comic that Chris Ryder put out was all about Sean Horsemanian 519. That's right. Who happens to be sitting in the room with us right now. Uh, and he was shoveling Lord Horstisleaze's shit. Uh, he, he was a scab because all the minions went on strike, supposedly, except for him. He scabbed and went to work for Horstisleaze, which is Horstisleaze's <laughs> brother. There you go. As a shit shoveler. So we thought it was hilarious, and uh, I said, you know what? You should call it the hashtag Shovel My Shit Tour. And you were like, oh, my God, that's perfect. That's how it was, yeah. And then I said we should make tour T-shirts that has a picture of Horse to Sleeves with Sean on it on the front, and then on the back it'll have all the tour dates. Yeah, that's what I said. what shows said. you showed up on, and it'll help promote the shows you were on as well as help promote us. It'll be funny. It's actually a really cool idea. Yeah, he's taking away some of that stuff. The stuff on the back was my, my idea <laughs> about the tour dates and the names of the shows. But yeah, so that we do so much stuff on the show, I can't remember what we do anymore. <laughs> it all runs into hell. We even came up with a second tour name in case this one took off, and I can't remember what that one was. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, but we're not going to say it yet. <laughs> yeah, we got to wait and see if this is successful. All so right, we'll see it on your show, which is a comical podcast. Wink, wink, nudge. <laughs> so, so hashtag shovel my shit tour began. Um, I went on with uh, his podcast first, just in case episode three. To get my feet wet and figure out how it would work out. But of course, we knew the chemistry between him and me would be fine. But I was always concerned about going on other people's podcasts and messing it up, not being funny enough. And so I went out and purchased a uh, headphones. And I was going to use, I put Skype on my computer. I was going to do it from Starbucks because it's a place where we got persistent internet. Because my internet, where I live, I live out in the country. And there is no persistent internet. You got to do it through Wi Fi, so it's too slow. So it wouldn't work. So I thought Starbucks would be good. So I went on and scheduled a few of the shows. And I actually went on uh, Dave the Nerd, uh, Dave's Nerd Compendium, and uh, it was great, but I felt I couldn't be myself because I was in Starbucks and there was kids all over us. What are you going to say? I told you to do it in the bathroom at Starbucks. No, I'm not going to do it. It's, it's a con- one-person bathroom. No, you that's lock the part door. of the commandments. No but podcast That's what he said. He said it broke his commandments, even though he could be there by himself and lock the door. <laughs> yeah, because it's only one. Oh, that was going to be another name of it. Hashtag from the stall. No, that was going to be my show, from the stall. <laughs> I was going to podcast yeah, from the, the stall. Though, like, let's say he does like an hour podcast. Next you know, his leg's going to be numb when he's done. He's stuck on a toilet because well, he can't it, move. I just think it would have been hilarious, all the people coming up and banging on the door. Hey, buddy, I'm going to take a shit. <laughs> I'm podcasting, Serge. <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> podcasting search. Yeah, Occasionally podcasting. the toilet to make it look like you're in there. I know, right? Podcasting from the stall. So, yeah. So, at Starbucks, all the noise, all the clanging, all that stuff, so I felt pretty bad. And then the next person I was supposed to go on was Bri- the BriFi podcast. And sadly, he had to back out on me. Uh, he had to help his sister. That's understandable family issues. And then I was going to go do BS Excluded, but then I had a family issue, so I had to stop out of that one. So, oh, so that's how you got to be the next on one. on their show a couple of weeks ago, and they're fantastic. Yeah, I'm not had doing a lot their, of fun with them. Yeah, I'm not doing their comic show. I'm doing their pillow talk. Oh, I'm, I'm going to talk sex better. with them. Yeah, so it's oh, kind of hard to talk badass. sex with them in Starbucks. You know what I'm saying? Um, like he always says know, on the I show, he's sex in worse places, so I can't quite sympathize. He, he always talks about going big on the show, and I was like, just do the sex talk in the middle of Starbucks. Say what you want to say, loud and proud. Who cares what those people think? The police might. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's talking about wankers. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, send somebody there with the make one of the boys record it on their phone. So when you get dragged away by the police, we have a video we can upload and we'll get nice. a bunch of hits. Nice. You can, you can scream, I'm Lord Horse to Cleese. You can't do this. You're oppressing me. <laughs> Prison Cleese. Very nice. So, yeah, so. I have to reschedule with uh, BriFi and BS Excluded, and there's a few other ones. I think we're going to be going on. Uh, the, I'll be going on the Metal Geeks uh, Monday uh, to do their podcast, uh, which is Carrie and his group over there. They're good guys, and, and like I said, I'll reschedule with the other two gentlemen, and then I'm working on a few others to get on there. So, trying to take this, you know, at least in my mind, envision this at least doing twenty. Uh, if I get ten, that's great. If I get 15 or whatever, that's fine. But if I don't get any more than 10, I'm going to feel really sad. and like, the hell with this damn tour. Screw everybody else. <laughs> I'm Lord Horse Cleese. I don't need you people 11s. <laughs> well, unless you do kind of like an installment, like I guess you'll do like 10 at a clip, and then I guess later on you do like another 10. I mean, the, the year just started. I mean, you've got, you got the whole world ahead of you. Well, I'm on a crunch because I want to get it done before Comic Palooza. So when is that? That is in May. So I want to get I want to get it done so I can have the shirts so I can have the shirt out there with that picture and with the tour dates and everything on the back so I can walk yeah I'm gonna walk around with a hashtag so my shit tour shirt at Comic Palooza and so you know I can promote people and they can see the name hey what the hell you know or better yet I mean if there are people you're really cool with put like you know like on a tour of shows that you haven't even been on yet oh nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, like, I mean, worst case scenario, we're going to tell you not to wear the shirt. WTF with Mark Maron. Nice. Next, next Thursday. <laughs> what say you? <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine, like, us on what say you? I think we'd shut a show down, like, instantly. I would love to be on that show. I would think I'd have a blast. I don't think they want, they'll talk to me right now, though, because I'm nobody. <laughs> gotta get, I got to get big. And for that, I need everybody to go out there and give us five-star reviews on iTunes. <laughs> there you go. See, that's the kind of promotion we're going to need right now. <laughs> Speaking of five-star reviews, throw in a few for me as well. I mean, you know what? For comical, for everybody. I think uh, I think we've gone out there. And I think he's gone. I think I don't know if I did yours, to be honest with you. I have to go back and look. If I haven't, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it I don't know. Thing. My iTunes is weird because it's like I realized. See, it's weird. I don't know. Does anyone really use iTunes anymore? Like, it's weird. I haven't heard anyone really mention it as of late. I use it all the time. Yeah, I listen to all my podcasts on iTunes. Oh, never mind. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, does anybody, you know, else other than Adrian use iTunes? No, I'm just kidding. I just feel I just feel bad though because I don't have an iPhone, so I'm usually has like my laptop to use iTunes, and by that point, I can easily just stream it on Stitcher or like do like the website. That makes perfect sense. I mean, most people that have non iPhones either do some other podcatcher or Stitcher or just stream directly from the websites or whatever. But if you have an iPhone, the podcast app for iTunes is honestly just the easiest thing. Yeah, I guess I got to get on that train then. Yeah, especially my sorry ass because I don't have enough gigabytes for my phone. And our plan is we live out in the country. We have like five phones and a MiFi device all sharing 30 gigabytes. So I only get like a certain amount. So I, I tend to run out pretty quickly. So I have to go to like McDonald's and Starbucks and Burger King to use their Wi-Fi or even Justin's house to steal internet so i can download the podcast they go on family outings to starbucks to download stuff shut up man <laughs> we like the coffee shut up everybody likes to go there and use the the inner you know you know my wife's a school teacher in that area so she can go to her classroom do whatever she needs to do and we'll hang out at starbucks and do what we need you know just enjoy the wi-fi and whatnot 
So, I mean, I have the podcast app. I have an iPhone 6, so I'll go there and I'll download my podcast and uh, listen to them on the way to work or on the way home. Yeah, this whole data cap thing is really murder on trying to get fan bases because I'm sure people are like, oh, I'm glad to listen to your show, but I'm almost near my data cap and I don't want to get paid for overages. Yeah, my wife would kill me. They're not true fans then? True fans? <laughs> true fan would pay that extra money. Have you actually looked at some of those charges when you go over your data plans? I I, uh, I was grandfathered into an unlimited plan, so I luckily don't have to worry about that. Uh, see, so was I, but now I hear I might be losing it in like another couple of weeks, so I don't know what the hell's going on. Well, I know somebody who goes over a little bit. I think he made not not a complete gig, but it cost him like an extra ten bucks. But if he hit still, that, but if he hit that gig, it'd be worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh god so i don't know if you guys have talked about it yet because again this just happened on your show but have you guys seen a new avengers trailer yet saw it today uh somebody posted it on facebook and i went hey hey justin you see this no not yet so i put it on and started watching and he got a phone call he had to step away <laughs> but yeah i freaking loved it I'm like oh this is great all right quick question is banner are banner and black widow doing it at this point because i'm really starting to get confused by this now I don't know what the hell's going on there. <laughs> I like think, you didn't see that scene, though, right? No, I saw the scene where they're like close, like they're gonna like kiss, or they get, or and then that one scene where they're like the Hulk puts his hand up against hers. So I guess they get close to they get close. I, I don't know what they're going to introduce there. That's interesting. Hulk smash. <laughs> yeah, I, tried <laughs> I tried to think back. Oh god. Oh. So ask yourself: Does she want the Hulk penis or the ba- banner penis? I mean, I'm just asking. Got to watch out for that angry sex, man. <laughs> Considering he nearly killed her the first time, I'm trying to figure out why this is a thing. You know, they got to be a love story somewhere. You can't watch a war movie without a love story. You know that, right? Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I was personally hoping for uh, Cap and Iron Man, and that's how Civil War started. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no reciprocation on one end. Whoa. <laughs> I was like, I really can't quit you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, terrible. there is that scene. I don't know if you guys saw it. There's... um. Back when they first announced all the uh, movies for Phase 3, someone had leaked footage of, I guess, I think it must be Age of Ultron, where um, Cap and um, Tony Stark, I guess, they're outside, like, I don't know, like, they're chopping wood or whatever it is, and they have, like, that weird tense argument, and at some point, um, (laughs) spoilers, um, I guess I should say. Batter, well, this footage does not exist. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there. Just, I did not see this. I made this up. Um, but I guess there's a scene where I guess Steve Rogers gets really pissed. He literally just pulls the wood apart as opposed to chopping it with an axe. And it's like, man, the tension between those two is getting really heated now. Well, it's got to. They're fixing to have civil war. About to get ugly. They're going to be on opposite sides. Because I'm still trying to figure out where Spider-Man fits in. And at this point, it's like, do I even need Spider-Man in these movies? And I'm just having a hard time right, right now. Is Spider-Man on Iron Man's side? beginning and then he switches over yeah Yeah. suppose he switches over but none of that really worked without any context yeah i don't know how they're gonna work this in come on mr marvel chime in i think we've i've already mentioned this but i i have faith in marvel i mean they've done such a great job with all of the marvel branded movies i think marvel studios really knows what they're doing um having spider-man in the universe is important because they don't have to tell an origin story for the character because everybody already knows it really they can just plop somebody in the movie as spider-man and then when they do the unmasking scene, which is arguably the most important scene in Civil War, nobody's going to really need much exposition about that because everybody's already familiar with the character. I mean, there's certainly a way they can do it that it'll it all make sense and it'll all flow really well. I'm I'm not worried about it at all. You're right. This is Marvel, not DC. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, what did they just recently say that their movies were edgier than uh, Marvel's? 
No, I just think DC is a bunch of freaking idiots. <laughs> Keep recasting crap and getting people who aren't even going to be right for the parts they're playing and God knows what. And casting Hispanics and who don't want to take white people's parts and, <laughs> and then saying stupid comments and then retracting Oh, them. that was, oh, you're referring to, what was her name? I'm Michelle Rodriguez? Yeah. Which, okay, I heard about this because, of course, unfortunately, I always find things out of the back end during, like, you know, thanks to Twitter rant. So what exactly did she say? Because I heard it was a doozy. First, you want to stay away from that back end stuff, man. (laughs) (laughs) Duly noted. Okay, well, first of all, there was a rumor going around that there is going to be a Green Lantern character in the Dawn of Justice movie. How many people are they putting in this freaking movie? It's going to be awful because there's going to be 300 characters. (laughs) Uh, but the Green Lantern they want to add is not going to be one of the male Green Lanterns that we're all familiar with. It's going to be Jessica. What's her name? Yeah, I don't. I have no idea who any of the Green Lanterns are, other than like I think Kilowog's the only non Jessica Cruz. She's going to be Jessica Cruz. Which uh, the rumor was that Michelle Rodriguez was going to play this character Jessica Cruz, who's the female Green Lantern from Earth, and she came out and said, "No, I never agreed to that. Why would?" Why would I agree to play a uh, superhero that's supposed to be like a white male? It doesn't make sense that that they would make that gender swap or that uh, race swap for no reason whatsoever. Oh. They're trying to be politically correct, and they're trying to turn all these white characters into other races uh, just to try to make it more diverse. And that's originally what she said, and there was a huge backlash on her about... Her, her not wanting diversity in comics or her not wanting diversity in the stories. And, and then she came back with another cover-your-ass kind of statement where she said that's not what her intent was when she said that. Her intent was that she wishes there was more diverse characters and she wishes people would get off their butts and create these kind of characters, you know, make more Hispanic superheroes and make more black superheroes and make more characters that are just diverse in these universes anyways. But we don't want to see anybody like Tortilla Man or Enchilada Guy or some shit like <laughs> well, that's Taco th- Woman. Dude, Come I would on. totally read a book called Tortilla Man. Come on. <laughs> I would too. I'm sorry. It's you look like a tortilla. <laughs> but, uh, wow. That's, oof. But she, now, she, she did come uh, back and say, try to clarify and say that, you know, her, her intended statement was that people create these characters and she just didn't understand the whole gender swapping or the whole race swapping that a lot of things have done in the movies like Electro for example from Spider-Man 2 or even Nick Fury although there is a black Nick Fury in the Ultimate Universe there is and that's that's well a and I guess it ultimately comes down to the fact that she was not aware that there actually already was a Hispanic Lantern who was actually female as well dumbass Read the books. Well, Said this shit last week about The Walking Dead. Read the damn books. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my thing, though, because it's like, okay, I can understand if I honestly did not know, you know, growing up as far as the Lanterns that much like with Nova, that there's an entire, I guess, group of Lanterns, both green, orange, whatever, how color Periwinkle. So <laughs> when John Periwinkle Stewart Lanterns, came- that's awesome. So I didn't even realize there was one other than Hal Jordan. So then when I found out about, like, you know, Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner, I was like, who the hell are these guys? Then Jon Stewart happened. I even remember among, like, kids I grew up with who were like, all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait a minute, Green Lantern's black now? What the hell's going on? Why did all of a sudden everything's got to be black? Which um, raised further questions about um, their intelligence level. But I didn't realize there was a whole group of Lanterns. So at the end of the day, I don't know if she... I don't know if I could say she was deliberately trying to be insensitive, but maybe she just didn't realize, hey, there isn't just this one particular Green Lantern. I'm saying, man, pick up a book and read. It's not that hard. Or pick up a book and read in Espanol if you need to. 
<laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, it's, uh, come on now. Well, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Do you think like there's any sort of validity at all to what she said, or do you think she was just kind of speaking? What about his turn taking white people's roles, or just I guess in general? Yeah, I agree with Justin. They need to develop more. His well, she said in the second statement, they need to develop more minority characters. More, you know, I don't care if you want to change it. That's fine. It's just a freaking movie. Who cares? It's not life or death. Not like I'm taking Justin now. I want a new co-host named Justin, but I want a Hispanic Justin instead of a white Justin. Hola, mi amigo. <laughs> Your name oh is Chimichanga. <laughs> oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> there goes all my five-star ratings on I2. <laughs> Develop new characters. That's that's nothing wrong with that. I mean, a while back we had on our guest, we had uh, Kel Simons, we had Sieg Donnelly and Omar Spahi, and even Steve Orlando mentioned that they grew up a lot with characters already in place being minority they grew up with john stewart and so that's why and they're trying to do that diversity too that's why uh omar and kel have a they had daniel was a black male lead and then seek had uh seek had what's the guy i can't think of his name right now who uh help me here justin uh well i'm getting my comics mixed up i apologize uh omar omar wrote Daniel, which yeah. is the, the black lead and uh, he was the son of death. Mm-hmm. And then Secret Monomyth. Thank you. And I can't remember the characters, the lead character's name from there, but he was... Enoch. Enoch, right. That's what it was. And then Kel did Rain most Kel recently. Kel did Rain. Yeah. And, of course, Steve, our good friend Steve Orlando, is going to be doing Midnighter. Um, oh, cool. He got brought on by DC now. And as you know, Midnighter is gay. And uh, so... We're all about diversity <coughs> in comics and, and in real life. Yeah, there's no racism. I mean, we make a lot of jokes here, but no, we're not. You know, we're all about the diversity. So I, I mean, just, likewise. I just think she was just being stupid, and like they maybe did take some of the stuff. You know, she tried to she blurred something out real quick, but I actually thinking about saying what she was saying, and people took it out of context. So it is what it is. That's why you got to watch what you say. But we here. Yeah, there's definitely the whole watching what you say thing, and especially if it's like a going to be a printed statement, you might want to at least take some time, if possible, to kind of formulate something. Because I mean, we could be here all night talking about people who talk out of their asses, especially in terms of celebrities. But I think what I want to get at though is the fact that it's not enough to have a black or Hispanic or an Asian character. You kind of have to make one that people care about. Because, unfortunately, what will happen, and I've seen it happen over the years, where they'll be like, okay, all right, well, fine, we will give you, let's say, a Hispanic or a black character. But it's almost done in a way where I don't know what they know, but it's almost a little pandering. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Where it's like, okay, fine, it's not enough to just make the character. You have to make it someone who can actually, you know, relate to these guys or women. Well, freaking Marvel decided to bring a Hispanic guy, but then they made him Irish. Miguel O'Hara, what the hell? <laughs> I make that joke. I'm Irish, so I'm gonna I'm gonna audition for his role in the movie Spider Man 299. Here I come, <laughs> and especially with all the Spider Man stuff going on, which is actually you're not gonna to be great to be. you're not gonna be swinging from any buildings. You're gonna have to get like a Spider Walker. <laughs> oh, <God>. Thanks, man. <laughs> Look here, Tortilla Man, coming to you soon. <laughs> there you go, Lord Horsticle and Tortilla. <laughs> I That's awesome. New, I think you have a new nemesis. The Tortilla Man. <laughs> oh, Chris has got to listen to this. <laughs> oh, yeah. He'll get some material out of this one. Because <laughs> it, it, I actually got it got really ugly, especially going back to um, what was that? When all the speculation about who was going to be the Spider-Man and um, with these new movies. And I know I was actually one of the few who 
today, to tell you the truth, I wouldn't mind seeing someone other than Peter Parker. You oh. know, you have you have Kane, you have Miguel O'Hara, you have Miles Morales, and people got really angry that God forbid you would want something a little bit different in your Spider Man. Shit, break out Spider Gwen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's a bit of a stretch doing Spider Gwen because nobody's uh, familiar with that at all. But yeah. uh, like doing one of the other Spider Men, Ben Riley, I would have no problem with at all. But the problem oh, is Ben Riley, hell yeah, yeah. The problem is like what I said before with Civil War, people are familiar with Peter Parker and they know his origin. So you put Peter Parker in the movie, you don't have to explain anything else. Everybody already knows. You put Miles Morales in there, you have to explain things. You put Miguel O'Hara in there, you have to explain things. And that's more of the movie that's dedicated to introducing a character to the Marvel Universe that's not spent telling the Civil War storyline. Miguel O'Hara. Mama was white. Daddy was Mexican. <laughs> All right, well, how about this? <laughs> I, have, I have a pitch for you. Seeing as how Civil War started with, like, what was it, the New Warriors fighting, was it Nitro, and they caused, like, that explosion that killed all those people? No, it was that dress on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) At least that's what Facebook tells me. (laughs) Oh, that's the second dress reference of the night, and I'm not (laughs) sure which one was better. (laughs) Um, So what you could do is, instead of it being, like, oh, Peter Parker pulls his mask off, have the first opening shot of Civil War be Spider-Man swinging through New York, and then explosion. S- superhero dead. Who's the blame? There you go. Then you can bring in Miles Morales, so that way you can say you have Peter Parker in the movie, but no one ever said he had to stay Peter Parker. <laughs> like, kill him within, like, the first five minutes of the movie. He has, like, this big action sequence with, like, I don't know, Dr. Octopus, or even someone from, like, the other movies, and just have him get completely just gutted in the first five minutes of the movie. Man, we've gone from PG-13 to R. <laughs> well, I'm not saying they got to like actually show him getting his intestines ripped out, but basically he do- he fights, he doesn't win. Huh. Or well, Spider-Man causes like a severe like catastrophe, and then everybody's like, well, superheroes got to be regulated. Well, the, the thing with Civil War is it's kind of the same thing as like the Dawn of Justice. There's a lot of characters that were involved in that story that were really important to the storyline. Sean, right. Sean just reminded me how important the Punisher was to that storyline. Um, so, I mean, Punisher's probably going to have to be in that movie, too. Oh, please well, let it be our guy. Please let it be our guy. He's, he's our, Thomas Jane already said he's not doing Punisher. Again. <sighs> Which is a shame. It, because, it really is. <laughs> oh, it's a shame because I love Thomas Jane. And even that short film he did, um, what is it, Dirty Laundry? Oh, like I love that. <laughs> so good, yeah. But uh, it's, 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 more it's a the, shame. It's more the time issue. Like, if Marvel had the rights to just do a Spider-Man movie and they could tell a two-hour story about Miles Morales or Kane or Ben Riley or whoever... Uh, I don't think it would be any problem at all to replace Peter Parker with one of the other spider people at all. Uh, but civil war, because there's so much that's going on and there's so much story they have to tell. They're not going to have a whole lot of time to devote to telling his backstory. And if you put somebody from the ultimate universe in there or from the 2099 universe, it's just not going to make much sense to the average moviegoer. Like Kane is kind of probably the exception because he is a clone of Peter Parker and you can get away with that without a whole lot of exposition but then again, it's basically just Peter Parker. <laughs> it's not much. There's no real reason to do that instead. Um, there's a lot I of. There's I a lot of things they can do. Yeah, I mean, I, like I'm I'm tired of seeing Peter Parker too. I mean, I would like to see somebody different. But if they have to use Peter Parker because it makes sense within the scope of what they want to do in the movie, I'm perfectly okay with that too. Yeah. Well said, man. Well said. Uh, it, it just I I'm just so bored with it. Cause like, damn it, give me somebody else. How great would it be if they ended up doing Spider-Gwen now? Like, really, all you got to do is just bring back Emma Stone. You're like, hey, look, somehow I have spider powers. I don't even know. Hmm. 
I vote Spider Ham. Spider Ham? <laughs> Get Porky Pig out there. Fight. Porky Pig? <laughs> no, see, if you're going to do Spider Ham, it's got to be something like really ridiculous. Like, they'll make it live action. I don't know, make it like Jonah Hill or something. <laughs> <laughs> like Jonah Hill fat again? Like, right? oh man, that'd be amazing. So Look, Seth Rogen and James Franco make a cameo appearance in there somewhere? <laughs> oh, please tell me. Oh, that would be great. And at this point, considering the fact that they're, who is it? Is it Sony that's doing a um, 22, like a 21 Jump Street Men in Black mashup? Really? I don't know that. 21 yeah, Men in Black? Um, 20, nice. Yeah, they're actually going to do some sort of like crossover. I don't know how it's going to work. And I'm sure it's going to be all played for a big comedy, but supposedly they're looking to bring both of those together. So at that point, you know what? And since Sony still has control over Spider-Man, why not just go crazy with a screw it? If you're going to put Peter Parker back in it or bring back Spider-Man, just, just do something nuts. Do something no one's going to think to do. I will not go see that. <laughs> even if it gets the worst reviews, people will talk about, like, let's say, if they did Spider-Ham or even, like, Spider-Gwen. I'll go watch Fifty Shades of Nay first before I go watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't go see it, but then a buddy of yours is like, holy shit, guess what they did to the new Spider-Man movie? And it'd be so stupid, you know what? You'd almost have to go see it on sheer principle. I'd wait to it until <laughs> I get to it a different way. <laughs> Wait till I can download it or something. All right. Well, everybody but Miguel will be into it. <laughs> you never know, man. I mean, the new Fantastic Four, everybody was really, really down on it before we saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. Some no, people I'm still are, down on it. Some people are still down on it, yeah. But uh, it looks way better than I was expecting it to look. It's a serious four. It may be. But, but All they had to do was just suck considerably less than the last two, and it would be, it'd be, it'd be leaps and bounds better. Yeah. Yeah. Not really breaking any new ground there. I mean, I still don't know why they're insisting on making a Fantastic Four movie. It's like one of those things that are just not going to make popular no matter how many movies they make. Like, oh, they're just doing this so um, Marvel doesn't get the property at this point. Right, but I mean, they could have done the same thing they did before and make a real piece of crap. Like, like not, not what they did with the, the Jessica Alba movie, but I mean, like the way back Fantastic Four movie where they had, like took four interns and put them in jumpsuits and made them run around New York for an hour. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the Roger <laughs> Corman movie. Right. I mean, they could they could recreate something like that if they were just doing it to keep the rights. And it worked before. I don't see why it wouldn't work again. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. The, the Fantastic Four franchise has just never really done it for me. I mean, there's so many great Marvel titles, and that's just one of the ones that I've just never been able to get into. The characters are great to me, like, in other moments. Like, for instance, Reed Richards in New Avengers is brilliant. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um Sue Storm, she's great when, you know, she and Namor are off running around, you know, doing Lord knows what. But they don't work together. Like, the, the grouping of four is just, they're, they're villains, except aside from Doom, are all fairly lame. They're either fighting something that's so far beyond what they should be able to handle and they somehow win, or somebody that doesn't even blip on somebody else's radar, and it's like a joke. Like, they're fighting Mole Man or they're fighting Galactus. Like... <laughs> I mean, those which at this point they should just do the Future Foundation. Like, screw the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I mean, I would much rather watch a movie about Franklin Richards than his parents. And you could throw Spider Man in there. There you go. Put Spider Man in everything. Well, he is in everything at this point. Have you read Marvel comics lately? Yeah, that's true. He's the new Wolverine. Come on, man. <laughs> Hugh Jackman's gonna play Spider Man next movie. <laughs> I'd see it. <laughs> well, it's certainly not gonna be Andrew Garfield. <laughs> and I feel really bad about that. I like that kid a lot. A lot of people did, but Marvel did not. Yep. So before we head out, though, where can we everybody read this Lord Horstocles comic? Because I I feel bad that like you guys have been chatting it up, and it's like shit. I don't even forgot to check where it is. 
Well, we both tweeted out on our Twitter at, at Comical Podcast and at Comical Podcast too. You can find it on our Facebook page with Comical Podcast, or you can go to our website at www.comicalpodcast.com, and it's on there. You click on the Minions. Uh, There's a comic. big link at the top for Horse Minions comic, and every single strip from number one all the way until now is available. And you can awesome. see how the very first one, how it kind of just started off as a lame joke, and the second one's kind of lame, and then it got serious, and it has got even better as it's gone, gotten on, and. I think Ryder's got even better at it. I think he can draw a horse, horse Achilles now in his sleep. <laughs> yeah. I'm just waiting for when I get to make my appearance. There's going to be an episode where uh, Horse Achilles is playing with like He-Man action figures. Nice. And Merman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No Warpath. Wham! Bam! Zoom! He does, he does a lot of voices. <laughs> See, there you go. Like You're always talking about you know, you're worried about doing a show by yourself. Who said you to do a show by yourself? All I got to do is just draw different voices, and it's like a, a three-man show or woman show, whatever. Just all voices. <laughs> After a while, I might go nuts. <laughs> I want to know who um, I am. Yeah, but it'll be entertaining. <laughs> and then when they come to lock me up. <laughs> Look, if they haven't locked up Mark Marin yet on his podcast, you know, you're all right. I guess you're right. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, Miguel, thank you so much for hanging out, man. It's been an absolute blast. Oh, I had fun, man. I appreciate you having me on and being a stop on my show on my shit tour. And I guess thanks for the uh, the podcast, Scotty Pippen assist from uh, <laughs> from Justin. <laughs> man, I got to be Scotty Pippen. What's going on? <laughs> I know you're black. <laughs> Talk about taking a roll. <laughs> Have we learned nothing? <laughs> I'm tired of them taking all the roles for white podcasts. It's more like a Tony Kukoc. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Like, damn, not even like a Chris Mullen. Nah, nah, nah. Steve Kerr? No, nah, no. Nah. No, nah, he's Mark Eaton, man. <laughs> big old hey, lumbering. That's an inside. Big old lumbering big guy from Utah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a seven foot giant, man. He was okay, but he had no skills. That's me. Damn. I had no skills. <laughs> Oh man, thank you guys so much for hanging out. It's always a pleasure. That'll do it for Adrian has issues. We'll see you next issue.